Over a hill and under a misty mountain, deep within the unceded Musqueam territory of Vancouver, British Columbia, I'm Doug Vandalay with another episode of Comedy Zeitgeist. You can follow the show on Twitter at Comedy Zeitgeist and pester me at Doug Vandalay. Hello to everybody listening on CITR 101.9 here for the first 30 minutes of the show. If Jughead's dad was gay, I'm here with Brett's killing. <laughs> that makes sense, right? I got it. It just threw me off. Hey, what's going on? <laughs> How you doing, Wait, Brett? Read, give me the reading of that line again. If Jughead's dad was gay, I'm here with Brett's killing. Okay, I'll take it. There we go. Cool. Yeah. All right. So, um, <laughs> you recently hosted uh, Brett Skillen and possibly Friends. Yes. Uh, for the listeners, could you describe the format of the show? The format of the show, it was a vanity project of sorts in a gross way. It was basically um, me doing a one-man sketch show, and the premise was I wanted to do the full show, just a one-man show, but I had people like on deck in case like technical problems or costume problems happened. Um so like that was like the premise of like oh we won't need these people but then during the show like I killed a beer on stage so I had to like go pee and then I had someone take over uh, I was kidnapped at one point so then someone had to take over at that point so it was just uh, a way for me to do like a bunch of sketches like I did like 50 minutes worth of sketches and then have a couple guests sprinkled throughout it was a crazy show uh, I don't know if you saw the photos but uh, I like got a prop bottle like one of those breakaway bottles. So then like during the show, I had an audience member and I get into an argument and then they bum rushed the stage and hit me in the head with the bottle. And I just passed out on stage and we went to intermission and the entire intermission, I was just passed out on stage. It's a real Eric Andre kind of joke. It is a little bit. Uh, which is some foreshadowing to later <laughs> in the episode. Don't read the episode title. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, just we're hoping things. this just, just comes on things. shuffle. <laughs> <laughs> you just... Uh... Put this as untitled. <laughs> Yeah, by various artists. <laughs> uh, so you're on a Killing the Room podcast. Killing the Room. Oh, my God. <laughs> I forgot that podcast existed. Okay, I yeah. take it it's not around anymore. Uh, No, because I think the comedy scene made fun of the podcast and they quit doing it. Really? Yeah. There was just a thing of... Uh, yeah, the uh, people were against that podcast, and it just fell apart. I feel like it's the exact same premise of this one, so... Uh, this one will be cool. <laughs> I'm far enough removed. No one knows who I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's probably very helpful. Well, I mean, I'm entering it as the guy with the podcast rather than already being in the scene and then trying to make one. You already have a leg up. <laughs> yeah. Yes. What, 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 was, what was people's problems with it? Uh, ooh, let's see. I'm friends with both of those people. They're both great. Uh, I think people were just like, it was just like the confidence in doing it when like most of the people on the podcast have been doing it a couple of years. I felt like going into it, I was aware. I feel like you'd be the judge of that. I don't know. I felt like I was pretty just trying to be aware of where I was in comedy and not trying to be like, this is how comedy's done and all that. And I think I didn't feel like that. anyone was analyzing comedy. Mm-hmm. It just was felt like more of a round table sort of thing, like mm-hmm. people having fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, people people jumped on it. Really? <laughs> yeah. Like critics? Uh, just c- c- comedians. <laughs> you got any like uh, spicy reviews in, in memory? In memory, I just remember there was one comedian that would review the like do a live review of the podcast and like then would just like on their Facebook and they would just like message uh, like comments that people were saying on the podcast and everyone would uh, giggle it up about it. <laughs> oh, I'd love to have that kind of engagement. Yeah, we're getting it up. Hey, 
people listening to this berate me i don't care i'll take the hits yeah come like, at berate us. me as well like see if you yeah. know who i am no 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 <laughs> you stay out of this okay. i don't want you harmed by this wait what was the question about the podcast what well i mean we started off i just said you were on it okay i yeah. have nothing <laughs> <laughs> yeah so sidetracked oh that's that's the whole point anyway so i thought it thought it was interesting saying that when they asked like how you got started in comedy you you said uh you started off by saying you're a big fan of Star Wars and The Simpsons, um, which went off on a, a different tangent. I think, mm-hmm. like, the Simpsons. I have no tangents today, by the way. I wanted to be a straight interview. <laughs> okay, I'll do my best. <laughs> uh, do you, Do you think that uh, they that Star Wars and The Simpsons actually still have um, reverberations in your comedy now? Uh, I think The Simpsons, yes. Star Wars, probably not at all. Uh, I enjoy them. I think they're great, but I probably in no way like I don't talk about being a nerd or anything. I don't. I'm not real personal on stage in any way, shape, or but form. But I think there's a lot of comedic pacing in the Star Wars movies. Oh, totally. Especially like the newer ones too. I feel like a lot they try to amp up that, especially like in the originals. That people, I think people don't give enough credit to that. But yeah. uh, the Simpsons definitely, I think that's a huge thing for me. Even like still today, I think I still watch like all the '90s seasons. So you're not not uh, season nine onwards. No, <laughs> there has to be at least one person I've thought of who someone's like season thirteen to like eighteen. That's the golden time for the show. There You'd has be to be surprised. Like, one person. like there was this. Uh, did you ever go on that Facebook group, Compute Global Hyper Meganet? That sounds familiar. I, well, the joke. I know the joke, but like that Facebook group sounds familiar. Yeah, we we had one in Australia as well because they always have to have their own version of things mm-hmm. like see Vegemite and pretending we invented the. Uh, Mm-hmm. lawnmower so on, on that on that site people would defend to the bone that the new simpsons is as good as the old ones those people are insane new <laughs> simpsons could rough. not exist without the old ones if you just try to air one of those episodes now it's, it wouldn't even get badly reviewed it would just get swept under the rug it's like the thing it's so weird to me because like the newer seasons, like i think if you got fresh blood that weren't just 40 50 year old harvard lampoon writers i think yep. you could make it good well, I almost feel like Bob's Burgers is almost evidence that, like, The Simpsons could be good still. But, um, yeah, it's just, like, even, like, pacing of jokes and stuff seems so off. Like, there'll be, like, scenes where, like, a, someone, a character like Skinner will, like, say a joke. And then, like, they'll just, like, linger on him for, like, a second too long. And it's just, like, jarring and weird. Like, it's, yeah, I don't know what's up with that show now. It's, like, so rough. I don't know if you saw the episode in season fucking 59 or whatever mm-hmm. of, uh... I've, let me be known. I've seen most episodes. I think the, like, really? the last. You still I think watch it? since moving here, I haven't been keeping up with it. Where did you move from? Uh, Ontario, London, Ontario. Oh, the uh, the most famous London. The most famous London. Yeah. I think that was one of my jokes starting out. It's, it's the original. <laughs> the original. Uh, but, oh, I had a question for you. Is how big is uh, Australia and The Simpsons? How big is The Simpsons in Australia? Because I feel huge. like whenever, because whenever I see like internet like fan groups or something, they're always Australian. So I was always curious about that. It's huge, yeah. Mm-hmm. That, so there's of the free to air TV channels. I don't mm-hmm. know what you call that here. Same thing. What it? What channel? Free to air. Free like, to air. Non cable TV channels. Okay. Public TV. I guess. Public yeah, TV. Yeah, yeah. Like the the biggest channel would be like a Channel Ten, mm-hmm. and. Do they still show The Simpsons? Yeah. They have this, like... Well, Rupert Murdoch owns every piece of media in yeah. Australia. Because he's an Australian. Mm-hmm. He owns Fox, which makes The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. And The Simpsons has been on at, I think, 7 p.m. every night since, like, 1997. Yeah, it's been like that here, too. Like, I remember, like, growing up constantly just seeing reruns, like, all the time. Like, for, like, the longest time, like, seasons, like... 
five to like 10 were like all the same season in my head growing up just because like I didn't have any reference point of them being like super different just because like I would just see them like back to back like constantly like all the time growing up. So I'm from uh, not originally, but I lived in Malaysia as a kid Mm -hmm. and uh, the first episode Simpsons big there. Well, that's the thing. Uh, I don't know about now, but in 1997, the first episode we got was the monorail one. Mm-hmm. And even on TV, you know, like old people will on purpose call things by their wrong name, like trying to be cute. Like, are yeah, oh, yeah. you going to go play Pokemon? Mm-hmm. I think people still do that exact joke you just said. <laughs> yeah. Well, they called it Bart Simpson. Bart? Like, Bart? Bart? Okay. Sorry, it's that's oh, my sorry. accent kind of. They called it, yeah, Bart, like an uh, Indonesian Bart. Wait, no, what, what country has the Bart? I don't know. <laughs> I'm so sorry. When you said his name properly, I thought that was you trying to do the fuck up on it. I'm no, Bart. <laughs> Just think of the Australian episode. Mm-hmm. Did you hate that episode? <laughs> no, we're the only country that likes our our uh, stereotype episode. That's really? a that's a kind of view of Australia than than reality. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I wish Australia was like that. That's amazing. But yeah, so they called it Bart Simpson, and they're like, tonight on Bart Simpson, like, Bart gets in trouble with Seymour Skinner, like, kind of thing. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I think where I was going was, like, I watched this episode where they, the whole premise of the episode was they, that that YouTube video that was really popular where the whale exploded on the beach. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that episode made me want to kill myself. <laughs> You wish you were that whale. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was so bad, and the whole thing was the setup for the whale expo- exploding, and there was no payoff because like I've just I've seen the YouTube video, and they they got all that done in about thirty seconds, mm-hmm. and you dragged it out to twenty two minutes. It's also so weird too because like if you like Google the Simpsons, the top clips that will come up will like be recent clips from like recent episodes, and they'll have like millions of hits. Like it's insane. Who is the audience? Like I've never met someone that I feel like there must be like when we were like kids watching The Simpsons, like people at that age maybe watching it. But like, there's so much stuff to watch now. It's not like, like we were talking about The Simpsons constantly being on. Like I feel like there must be like way better things to watch than like a season twenty episode. It's about to be season thirty now. That's insane. season thirty. Yeah. Does that is it, is it one season per year? Yeah. So they're doing something special for it, like get Conan back to <laughs> fix the show. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Probably not. No. <laughs> They'll uh, probably get, like, Cardi... Oh, now I say it out loud, I would love Cardi B to be on The Simpsons. So I take it back. If, they, if The Simpsons got Cardi B on the next season of The Simpsons, I'd be back on board. How do you know she hasn't already? I feel... Huh? It's a, Google it. <laughs> I'm not going to do it right now. Cardi B, The Simpsons. Uh, pa- pause the podcast. Oh, no, we might find something good. Cardi... Uh, damn, The Simpsons predicted Cardi B. <laughs> uh, what is this? Someone with a picture of a Dodge Ram and a Ford F-250. And it's a picture of a trash can. Mm-hmm. I don't care for this. Yeah, that's a real mild take. Uh, Simpson fans lay off Cardi B. What'd she do to you? So, yeah, you <laughs> ma- you mentioned a, another couple of your this influences. This is a Simpsons as... podcast, right? I'm leaning away from the mic. Sorry. This is a Simpsons podcast, right? Have you ever listened to Ali Gertz's Simpson? No, podcast? I keep meaning to. Yeah, exactly the same with me. Like, I don't want to listen to it and get frustrated about how The Simpsons isn't good anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mad is as good as it ever was. When was the last time you read a Mad magazine? I haven't read. I never read Mad Magazine. That was never a thing I would read growing it, up. If people don't know why I'm saying that, Ali Gertz, who has that Simpsons yep. podcast, is the editor of Mad Magazine. Mm-hmm. What is this? What is that podcast called again? It's got a good. Everything's uh, coming up. Simpsons. That's right. Yeah. Fuck! I nailed that. <laughs> uh, so you, you said you were also influenced by uh, Jim Gaffigan and Zach Galifianakis. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I would say Zach Galifianakis more. Jim Gaffigan was just the first album I remember hearing like as a kid. Like that wasn't like like a Carlin or Richard Pryor, like someone who yeah. was like already like a big deal. Just seeing like someone who was like like more in the beginning, just like releasing albums. Uh, but that was like the first one I listened. To. That was amazing. And then um, yeah, like Zach Galifianakis is like Live of the Purple Onion and his Comedy Central presents are like uh, amazing. Those are like some of my favorite specials. Between Two Ferns as well <laughs> is really like Cardi pro- B. Yeah. Connections. Here we go. It's like a it's like a proto Eric Andre show. It is in a way, yeah, like a lot more and just I feel like the Eric Andre show, not to jump ahead, is like almost less of a deconstruction of an interview sh- uh, of a talk show and more of less like a setup for him to like just jump into insur- uh, absurdity where I feel like Zach Alvinakis is definitely trying to break down what he hates about talk shows very yeah. much and those yeah. I think the main difference is that the guests are in on it. On that too, yes. Fans. That's that's a huge difference. Yeah, can you imagine if like Obama had gone on Eric Andre? I want that episode. Eric so Andre badly. would have been killed by the Secret Service. <laughs> Tell me about the time you met Paul F. Tompkins. Oh my God. Okay, I, I have two. I have a Paul F. Tompkins story and then a Paul F. Tompkins adjacent story. Paul F. Tompkins, I like just moved to Vancouver, and I was just trying to like slowly get into the scene, trying to do stuff, and uh, I saw that this uh, improv group called the Sunday Service were doing a show with Paul F. Tompkins. He was doing like three nights of shows where he did. First show was him just doing stand-up where he riffed the entire time. Second show was him performing with the Sunday Service. And the third show was him doing a live recording of the Dead Authors podcast with uh, Ryan Beale as the guest. So I was like super psyched. Like he's like one of my favorites uh, comedians. So then I, I went to that show. I think one of the members, Caitlin Howden, just said like, oh, like hang out for a bit or after a show, blah, blah, blah. So I took that. I was like, oh, I got to wait at the bar and like wait for Paul F. Tompkins to come out. So it was just like this lanky 19-year-old just like sitting at a bar being like, oh, I hope he comes out. And then I ran up to him and then probably talked to, to him. Oh, I remember before that, uh, I was talking to Caitlin Howden and Ryan Beal of the Sunday service and I was talking to them and they were, I was talking about like, oh, well, I'm thinking about maybe wanting to get into comedy. And they were telling me, like, oh, we do this school, Blind Tiger. You should, like, take classes with us. I was like, oh, that's cool. And, like, they're being super nice and friendly. And then in the corner of my eyes, I saw Paul F. Tompkins walk up. And I was like, all right, cool. Bye. And then I immediately just, like, bolted to Paul F. Tompkins like a jerk. And then I just talked his ear off about how I thought he was great and probably talked to him a little bit too long. But he was super nice and cool about it. He was awesome. Yeah. Do you, do you think he'd remember you? Probably not, no. He'd probably only remember he as like a bratty kid that took him away from the people he wanted to hang out for like 10 minutes. He'd have gushy fans like every day. Probably, yeah. I feel like, especially like with podcasts where everyone's like, I know who you are exactly. And just being like, oh, I don't know who you are. Please leave me alone. People just asking him to do his various voices. Stop quoting bits. me from a podcast from five years ago. I do not remember at all. <laughs> What's your uh, adjacent story? Oh, uh, like two years ago, they did a live comedy bang bang at The Vogue. So I went and saw that, and they were kind of doing, like, a quick, like, meet and greet, like, signing afterwards. So I was sitting there with uh, another comedian, Martin Bayless, and we were standing in line. I was, like, super excited. So, I, like, uh, Mike Hanford was there, Lauren Lapkus, Paul F. Tompkins. So I met them, got all their signatures. And I got, for some reason, like, just super nervous about all this. And I, like, met Scott Ackerman. I was talking to him. And, like, because, like, I've been listening to that podcast since I was, like, early high school. So I was just like, holy shit, I'm, like, meeting all these people. I was talking to Scott Ackerman. I was just like, oh, is... You were talking to Scott Ackerman? Yeah, yeah, because like you basically, the idea was like you just get things signed and you move along because there were so many people there and they were like, that's moving, no pictures, none of that. So I was like talking to him real quick about it and then I had Martin Bayless like kind of like cut me off, thankfully. So I was like, oh, thank God, I'm not going to keep bothering him. But then Martin was wearing a cardigan and like 
dress shoes and like pants like Scott Ackman was on the TV show. Yeah. And then uh, Martin just goes, hey, like, I'm dressed like you. And then Scott Ackman's like, oh, yeah, we are. And Martin's like, we should get like a picture together. And Scott Ackman's like, oh, I want to. But like, you know, they want us to keep the moving line moving. And then Martin just goes, yeah, but like we're dressed the same. And he just kept pushing for the photo. And I just had to like grab him and be like, let's get the fuck out of here. Why are you doing this? Stop bothering him. Fine, Simpsons like, podcast. <laughs> no, this is like the Scott Ackman podcast. I don't know if you noticed that listening in what way there's no in characters that, that he comes up all the time oh i see what you're saying yeah yeah that kroll show uh, yeah jason manzoukas there's a yeah. couple others i almost brought up jason manzoukas is it what's your uh, jason manzoukas anecdote? oh no 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 as like my comedian to talk about i have oh, no he'd be connection fun as with well. we just finished watching the league and like the end of it is like watching a loved one die yeah, you yeah. know those like latest the latest seasons. It's the same with the Simpsons or yeah. like uh, with the late seasons of the, of the Office as well. Oh my god! It's like sitting by the deathbed of your grandfather, like watching the ends of those shows, just waiting for it to end. You're like, I want to keep watching. I want to keep enjoying this, but I also there'd be a sweet relief if it just died. Yeah, it's like I. Just, it's one of those things of like wanting to go back and re- watch all those shows and just being like, I don't know where to like stop. Because yeah. like I've had people being like, "Oh, I'm rewatching all The Office, and like it's getting pretty rough." It's like oh, leave just walk Michael away does. from it. I think even before that, I remember there was yeah. like a season before that. I was just like, oh, "Let's get the show out of here." I thought he made like when everyone's like, "No, don't leave." I was like, "Yeah, get out of here, Steve Carell. What are you doing?" <laughs> yeah, it was way too big for it. I just remember from oh, the yeah. league, like the last two seasons, I think I would just go to the AV Club and just see if Manzukis' name would pop up in the reviews, and then just watch those episodes. Oh, the Rafi bits <laughs> yeah. are still gold. Yeah, he's time. like even in like the late. I keep. Moving away from the mic, even the later later seasons, he's like amazing. And Nick Kroll and uh, and uh, Paul Shear uh, on point the whole time. Yeah, exactly. But it's just like although Kroll once Kroll show kind of started, it seemed like he's he was a not bit on it in all. and out. Yeah. yeah. Mark Duplass, I think he's more of an artist. Like, I don't know if he cares too much about that kind of thing. It's so weird he was on that show looking back. I was talking to someone recently. Like, we were watching the, uh, what is it? Wild Country? Wild Country. Yeah, Wild yeah. Wild Country. And we're just thinking, like, it's so weird that the guy from the league just, like, Pete? does, like, this. Yeah, like. The, the sex pest the, from the league? Yeah, the douchey guy from the league is doing all this. It's all improvisers, a YouTube celebrity, an uh, art film oh, John guy. John John Lajoie, and then like a nine eleven liar. <laughs> yeah, no, I I learn about that on this podcast. And then he lied about being in the towers. <laughs> yeah, what, what is that guy's name? Like uh, Steve Ranazizi, Ranazimatez, yeah. yeah. Steve Ranazimatez, <laughs> something along those lines. Oh shit! So you were twelve when you did your first stand-up gig? Fuck. <laughs> Oh my god, I forgot all about that. Yeah, I like our seventh or eighth grade talent show. How old would I be in that? Probably seventh grade, I think. Anyway, yeah, there was like a talent show, and I went in as like a stand-up, and uh, it went well just because I think the audience of parents were just like, "Look at him do something. That's nice." But if I listened back to it, I'm sure I would not even understand any of it. Do you remember any bits from it? <sighs> I have a vague memory of like. A joke about cartoon animals not wearing pants, <laughs> like a Donald like Duck sort of yeah. thing. I think my my reference was Boots from Dora the Explorer. Uh, that is weirder, actually. Like if he was wearing no boots at all, it'd be fine because he'd just be a monkey. But it <laughs> implies that he's supposed to be wearing more clothes. It's a gross guy. You know what? Maybe I got to bring this bit back. Maybe that's what's holding me back because I'm not, I've been pushing this bit away. That's something there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to. What else did I talk about? 
I don't know, probably like getting pubes for the first time. I don't know, something dumb. I can't did, remember. Did you stick with stand up all through that time, or was there a no, lull? No, no, no. There was like a huge lull, like uh, in high school. Like I would like write jokes in like a shitty notebook in high school and stuff. But like I would never. And like me and my friends would like make shitty sketches and stuff in high school. But like, yeah, because I remember trying to get up at the yuck yucks, but I couldn't get in because I was underage. And then just being like annoyed and frustrated. And then eventually, uh, I moved out here to try and do it because I had family then in Port Moody so I would just travel down and to do open mics and I did that for about a year and oh I guess you reason you're like before because now in Vancouver <laughs> if you don't live in Vancouver this is nonsense but like now there's like a SkyTrain line that goes like straight into like Coquitlam uh, Port Moody and all this stuff like a clear uh, transit system but that's like a year old so when I first moved here there wasn't that so I'd have to take a train then get off then get on a bus and then get on another bus so it would take me like an hour and a half, two hours to get into Vancouver proper. And I would do, did that for about a year where I would get the last sky train and get to bed at like three or four in the morning and then go to work. And yeah, it was like insanely rough. <laughs> I just felt like sick all the time. Are you past that now, obviously? Well, now I live in Vancouver proper, so it's very easy to just do also, a show. Also, you were living in Coquitlam. I was living time. in Port Moody at the time, yeah, for like the right. first year. And then uh, I met another comedian uh, and then we got uh, an apartment together. Who was that? Uh, Amar Singh. He's a very funny comedian. He was he moved a couple of years ago to Montreal, and now he's in Toronto uh, for school and doing stand up over there. Cool. He's uh, super funny. Tell me about your show at the Blarney Stone. The Blarney. <laughs> Speaking of Amar Singh, uh, me and him we took over a uh, open mic at the Blarney Stone, and it was grueling. <laughs> Because it's just running it, uh, an open mic in general can be... Just being at an open mic in general is pretty rough. Have you ever done an open mic or been to one? Uh, I've been to one, but I haven't done Wait, one. which open mic have you just gone? Like, just to watch? Not here. Oh, okay. Back in Australia. Yeah, whenever I see yeah. people like audience, like, well, I'm grateful because it's nice for people to support live comedy. Uh, but it is a weird mixed bag of people trying new things, people trying things that are not working, and then just piece of shit lunatics getting yeah. on stage so we ran that for like eight months and i think the show started at like 10 30 or 11 or something crazy like it was like a super late open mic and so it was like more comics than audience yeah oh like that there's even then there, i think we got like at most 12 15 comics sign up for it so it wasn't super long but it was just like a weird and it was like i forgot all about this room it was like this like you go upstairs have you been to the barney stone no apparently on the weekends it's like a real bumping like cool place to go but like it would just be like this like kind of like open area and they would have bands and like music and all this stuff. And then like they have like this little hangout upstairs room and they would have like a big, beautiful stage where you would host the open mic. Right. Wrong. It was upstairs in the weird hangout area. So you would just be up there and you would just hear like music and like stuff going on, people hanging out. And then you would just have to like talk over that on the microphone to like this like small group of people who were there to watch your uh, weird open mic. But I got a bunch of drink tickets and a free poutine. So, hey. It was pretty sick. Every time? <laughs> Every single time. Nice. <laughs> Did anyone start at that show who you might have heard of now? Uh, Seinfeld started there. Um, thank you. I got one laugh out of that dumb, shitty we, joke. We were watching Comedians in Cars just before you came Oh, here. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. God, it's Is just there... like... Seinfeld, like, obviously one of, if not the best shows ever, but Jerry Seinfeld is such a... F I shouldn't this say like, this stuff on here. Yeah, he just seems like such I a I want dick. you to put this bit and just put it on a loop for 10 minutes. Fuck Seinfeld. Fuck as a Seinfeld. Dude. 
uh, we watched the Steve Harvey episode and fuck Steve Harvey. I forgot that Steve Harvey. Is there like a new season out yet, or are you I just watching them just new. because? Uh, I don't know why we're watching them. I think Netflix told us to, and we're obedient. Oh, do they do Gong Nights here? Gong Nights? Is that if someone shitty just gong them? Yeah, they're really messy. That sounds amazing. No, I don't think we do have that. Well, I, I used to go to them because uh, a friend of mine um, that does comedy in Sydney called uh, Josh McGee, that I did your your plug. No, he didn't ask me for one, but mm-hmm. anyway. Um, <laughs> hey, I would have believed you. You don't have to lie to me. How, how much does it cost to get a plug on the show? Uh, how much have you got? Uh, I have nothing. Would you plug Brett Scalen and Possibly Friends, the show that happened two weeks ago? <laughs> yeah, so uh, watch Brett Scalen and Possibly Friends. Uh, what date is that one on? Oh, man, June 16th. June 16th. 2018. 2018. All right, if you can make it to that, uh, we're giving $2,000 uh, to the first person. Wait, we're giving away money to people? No, no. If they can make it to we'll that give, date. We'll give tickets. We're going to prove time travel. I'll give them like yeah, half a drink ticket. I would have known by now, though. I would have been at that show and been like, whoa, a time traveler's here. You hear about Stephen Hawking's time traveler party? He threw a party for time travelers and then sent out the invites a week later. Oh, God damn it. All right. (laughs) And no one came. So that's how he reckoned he disproved trying to travel. But, like, that's pretty arrogant, right? What kind of time traveler's going to the Stephen Hawking party? Like, sure, I could prove it to everyone, but also, who wants to hang out? (laughs) (laughs) Wait, who did he give the invites out to? Or did he just, like, put it out there in general? Like, I think he put it on, like, Snapchat. Like a Facebook event? (laughs) Snapchat? Yeah, like, it's got the face. A little filter? A little dog filter, like, I'm not even going to try and do the voice. But shit, yeah, so Gong Nights. So I used to go and watch this guy, Josh McGee, do Gong Nights. And I felt so bad for him, because he went up first. And he was doing some good material. And they give the... So they gave these three, like, paddles to people in the crowd, like, like at an auction. Mm-hmm. And if all three people pull them up, they'd get gonged. And so these people mad with power for the first comic, they just straight away put their paddles up after he'd done, like, maybe two and a half minutes. Mm-hmm. And so he got gonged off. And then the host of the show came up and gave them all shit about, like, that was so mean of you. And so the <laughs> next guy was terrible and got through mm-hmm. because they were too embarrassed to gong. So it's... and. Every time I've gone to a gong show, it's been exactly the same. They just wreck the first guy, let the second guy through, and then it's honest from then on. So if you're first or you're, second, you're it fucked. means nothing. Ugh. Yeah. This sounded like a good idea on paper. In practice, this seems like a disaster. Maybe if the if hey the run people the show. Voting, if the people were voting were actually comics, then oh, I think yeah. it would be okay. Mm-hmm. I just, for the listeners, I just spilled all over myself. <laughs> what have I got here? <laughs> Keep it moving. So you do sketch, improv, and stand-up? Uh, Not really improv, but sketch and stand-up, yeah. But you've trained in improv? Uh, I did blind tiger classes. I did all the intros and long-form one. And then it got to a point I was like, why am I doing this? I don't want to be a legit improv person, and I'm not uh, the... Gr- I'm not the greatest, nor do I have the drive to like want to be great. So then I dropped out of that and then just focused on their uh, sketch writing program. Uh, what do you prefer, like sketch or stand-up? Uh, sketch definitely. Like, uh, like especially now, I've been trying to make my stand up more like sketch based. So I've just been trying to like, um, uh, doing shows around town, just trying to find shows that where I'd be able to do that more easily. So I've been just trying to slowly trying to meld the two into one. Basically, is kind of the idea right now. Do you still do the "Is this your card?" bit? <sighs> <laughs> Wait, you were at that show? No, but I I I know about it. Oh, oh right, that podcast. No, I yeah. did haven't I've only did that bit twice. For those listening, this was a 
It's great. See, so the bit was, uh, I would do. I was like a magician doing a like a card trick, and I would pull the card. I would get a plant, or not a plant, like an actual audience member, which was the dumb part. It should have been a plant, but I got an audience member up, and uh, I would show them the card and be like, "Oh, is this your card?" And they'd be like, "No," and I'd be like, "Is this your card?" And I would just go through the entire deck. And it'd be no. And I would like pull out multiple decks from my pockets and go through all them. No, no. And then I would just keep going with like multiple decks of being like, is this your card? And I would, I knew which card it was going to be. So I took them out. And then it ended with me having a breakdown, wanting to call my therapist and then going through my wallet, trying to find the card in my wallet of that. And then um, super dumb bit. I think the bit lasted eight or nine minutes, I think. In, uh, That's the whole point. It's like the oh, SNL totally. format uh, where they do something until it's not funny anymore. And keep doing it until it's funny again. Totally, yeah. But the first time I did it, I accidentally performed the trick, like right off the gate, and then the audience like applauded me, being like, "Oh yeah, he did a oh, magic this guy's trick." A magician. Yeah, I yeah. was like, "Uh, okay, bye." And I just threw all the decks I had in my pockets. I just like threw them all in the air and walked off stage. And I was like, "Shit." Uh, but then like a week later, uh, a sketch show I ran with a group called Pratty. We had a show, and I performed it properly there, and it was it went a lot better. <laughs> Do you do magic at all? Not at all. I'm terrible at uh, sitting myself down to do magic. <laughs> Are you a magician? No, but I do like watching it. Oh yeah. Yeah, I've 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 gone on. I went to David Copperfield in Vegas. That was pretty cool. Oh really? Yeah. What was like the big trick? The big trick was actually pretty crazy. Is uh, so he had this really cheesy like animatronic alien that was helping him toward the end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I can't remember exactly did what it happened. Look like a xenomorph. But the or reveal like... was emailed to everyone in the crowd. Wait, what? I opened my email and it had the reveal of the trick. And like I hadn't... during the show. Yeah, and I hadn't given anyone my email, so they'd use some kind of weird like hack or spoof of some kind. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the reveal of the trick was emailed to everybody in the crowd. Was that a plan? I, I guess so, because, like, everyone got it. That's An- amazing. Another cool thing I was, love that. I love that you so know, much. You know how David Copperfield does, like, a lo- kind of stand-up while he does? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, that's... Kinda like, riffing in between, yeah. Oh, yeah, he's awesome. He's so cheesy. Like, that's the point. <laughs> and it's kind of, like, his his duck, Webster. It's like, that is not the same fucking duck. I've seen that duck in clips from the 60s. Around halfway through the show, this guy ran, ran out of the show. Like, he had a call. Mm-hmm. And, um... Like, David Copperfield did some some riffing on, like, you know, the guy being rude or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, burned him for being bold or whatever. <laughs> and then later in the show, he did a time tra- travel bit in a sketch. Not a sketch, a, a, a trick. trick. And the, the exact same guy ran out of the same seat. <laughs> That's great. So it was like, like a re- right up my alley. <laughs> yeah, it was like a really long long setup as well. Yeah, if, I, I, I believe that if he wasn't a magician, he would have been a famous stand-up. Anyway, I'd say wood up like he's dead, but mm-hmm. he's still performing. I think he's got like hey, a permanent night in Vegas. Before this podcast comes out, you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, oh shit. Can you imagine? I'm going to kill him, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm keeping that in. Anyway. Do it, I don't care. Are you the author of Wake Up Christians? <laughs> what? Do you know about this? Wait, what is it? So there's, okay, so obviously not. There's an author on, do you know about Wattpad? Wattpad? Yeah, do you know about it? No, what is it? So Wattpad is like, a uh an online community for authors but it's mainly based in fan fiction mm-hmm. and it's where um stephanie meyer who not stephanie meyer uh, who's 50 shades of gray one yeah, yeah that okay. asshole um so <laughs> so she, i saw the recent one that was a, a ride that, oh you saw it in the theaters and i hadn't seen the first two 
Oh, really? Yeah. There's, was, t- there's three out now? Yeah, they're all done now, but I saw the third one, and I had was no idea. Was it hot? Oh, man. God, I, I was hard the whole movie. They have, like, a TV series as well called The Fall, where he plays the same character. Oh, really? He wasn't good in the movie. How oh, no, he's he... like, uh, Jamie Dornan is actually an excellent actor. But Oh, is he? Oh, in that movie, yeah. he was pretty um, rough. That, that was a joke, hoping you'd seen it, but he plays a um, serial rapist strangler. So, whoever wrote Fifty Shades of Grey got her start on Wattpad uh, writing fan fiction of uh, Twilight. Yeah. Which is just such a... Six Degrees of Separation of Garbage. <laughs> anyway, there's an author on Wattpad called Brett Skillen who writes long-form poetry about Christian soldiers. I know there's another Brett Skillen. I was Skillen really hoping it was you. Oh, man, that'd be insane. But uh, there's, I know there's a Brett Skillen who's like a pastor or something on Facebook that pops up around That's him. He's got a picture of a wolf okay. as his profile <laughs> picture. Because I found man, that too. I thought Brett maybe it was a way bit. cooler than me. I thought maybe it was a bit or something. I wish. It, what is it? You gotta send me a link. I want to read that. Maybe I'll um, just, maybe I'll you know just read it on stage and pretend it's me. Do you, Do you want to do a, a reading of one of his poems? Because I've got sure, it. I'd be glad to. Yeah, I've I've got it in the bank here. Hang on. Uh, it's about Christian soldiers. This is called "Wake Up Christians, Soldier of God." Wake up, Christians! There can't be light without darkness, nor shadow without the light. There can't be joy without sorrows, or sorrows without delight there's hate all around us yeah there's love in god's word pain we fight without success yet relief is found in his words people are so damaged and broken seeming to sink and rise no more because god's love no longer is spoken because christians have given up in this war they're caught up in their sin Chasing selfish pleasures, seeking to fill the void within. Fathers have abandoned their daughters. Boys throw away their youth. Girls, their purity. Lies they be- believe the truth. Oh, man, this is so fucking... Uh, but really, whole social security, people try and drink their pain <laughs> away, thinking it's less than the guilt. Others can't even rise and face the day. They tell the pain only to fail. Girls cry themselves to sleep, wishing their hearts could an ache, man. <laughs> For their families, do weep. And there's you fist the anger's a shake. Uh, some death are on the way out or cutting the end of the pain. There's a very self, no doubt, and their lives begin to wane. <laughs> some are slaves to drugs, seeking the fleeting eye, becoming horrible thugs. Just to make enough to the next one to donate. Well, they just side by watching them go weary. I do not know how above it in a dead shoe. Christians, wake up. Look at the world around you. Can there be a more morning and more corrupt? But Christians can fix it through. So my brothers and sisters, arise. Fight for the Lord this day. Hear their lost and lonely cries. Don't just let them go away in their way. We have a duty to fill a gift to you as he gave. Uh, so let the battle crying till we sell away. Don't let them go without their hope. They grave. Amen. What a beautiful poem. How do you think <laughs> that guy many... would feel if he found out that there was a comedian called Brett Skillen who read his poem? And my thing's all about uh, telling Christians to just shut the fuck up. Uh, I'm sure he'd be bummed out because my stuff is just dumb. <laughs> and he seems like he thinks he's doing good work. Yeah, I don't know if you'd ever find out. I feel like he's one of those people who just like fires and forgets. That does what? Just fires and forgets. Fires you know? and forgets. Oh, just yeah. put shit out there. How many of these does he have? Oh, too many. Too many. Yes, oh my god. Yeah. I, I should start posting on their Christian poems and like try to go like neck and neck with this guy. And, like, he has knock three him published out. stories, but one of them's like a novella. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see if you can start a beef with this guy. I was just thinking then when you were reading that. So we have this uh we use this 
the I service wish. we use to post our podcast, they have like a snipper tool, mm-hmm. and it makes it it uses some kind of like magic algorithm to make a transcript of your show. And then oh you, fuck! You can highlight a sentence from that, and it makes an audio clip with like the bouncing Mickey Mouse. Oh yeah, yeah, kind of thing. But it gets a lot of stuff wrong, like the unceded Muslim territory of British Columbia, and it calls it called Talia Tagliamento. <laughs> but I shudder to think what it's gonna make out of uh, that reading you just did. That's amazing. I'll come back and do a live reading of that, <laughs> and do it just as fast. So I was gonna ask if you do comedy full time, but you told me you just come from work. So I just came from work, man. Just struggling out here. What if I just started crying right now, really hard? Yeah, I just do it uh, at nights, just doing um, shows around town. Uh, yeah, it's basically where I'm at right now. I'm trying to maybe do something else with the Brett Skillen and possibly Friends show, but that's still up in the air of what I'm going to do with that. But yeah. You don't see people repeating shows much, like when they do something like that. Oh, of like a one-off thing? Do you, do you think it's more because you've got like a semi-captive audience that they don't want to see the same thing again? Um, I think maybe, I think people just want to do something else, maybe. Or so like, it's more on the performer than on the market? Maybe, yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, I would gladly do, I've had, like, people come up to me and saying they wanted to see it, and that I hope I do it again. So I thought about maybe doing it again, maybe in, like, the fall or something. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think a lot of that, too, well, is, like, I, a lot I of... I hope time. you do, because we ended up missing it. <sighs> I know. I wanted yeah. to get a, a juicy take <laughs> on the on the cast. Yeah, we were supposed, because... Oh, it's really bad of us because it was a back-to-back blood feud and and then Brett Skillen and I friends know. and that's back-to-back the last two guests we had I and know. we didn't make it. We're, well, we're the- fuck Maddie and Malcolm for them laughing at me. Yeah, pardon? We have family from like Australia here, and so you don't get to see them very often. Put them on the phone. <laughs> Put them on blast. Put them on air. Let's talk to them. I I'll run we- the whole show for them over the phone. What, well, who would you talk about? If you who would were I I'm talk p- flipping about? flipping the tables on you. I'm taking over. Who would you talk about? Uh, I mean, if I wanted to be like a comedy nerd meme, I would talk about Andy Kaufman. Mm-hmm. If I wanted to talk about someone more current, I would talk about Nathan Fielder. Oh, that's oh, yeah. a great guy. A yeah. Vancouverite. Yeah, he's amazing. He sold me a jacket. I was at his pop-up shop. Was the jacket his uh, Holocaust yes. museum jacket? <laughs> Have you I, met him as well? Uh, he, I went to get a jacket, and they told me they were out of smalls, and Nathan just went, I'll be right back. And he went to the back and got me the last small jacket, <laughs> which is a weird story That's to a break bit, about. Right? Uh, like, they were out of every size and every Well, I was, like, asked. super, I think I was, like, a couple hours in, because I kind of went being like, I don't know how many people are going to go to this, and it was, like, a long, I was, like, in line for, like, two hours, like, by myself, <laughs> just waiting to get this jacket. And then you had to go, um, you got a free button, but they had to read you a Holocaust fact. <laughs> so this woman just read me like the statistics of like how many children died in the Holocaust. And then she looked at me and just said, do you believe the Holocaust happened? And I said, yes. And then she said, here's your button. Are they in on the bid or are they just? Oh being... yeah, they're, they're totally, I think, yeah. The people Did, that was Solomon there? No. I want to, because you watch the show and he's got that like sort of intern guy who works for him. Mm-hmm. You got to wonder like, where the line between cyberbullying and... Because <laughs> that guy is, is a bit, and I don't know if it's real or not. It's like Carl Pilkington. You don't know how much of it is real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to live in that reality. It's real. What did you think of Finding Francis? We're going so off the rails, but what did you think of Finding Francis? It was great. I, mm-hmm. I Has that awards season already passed? I think it's coming up. Because he, he did that Emmy He did video. the Emmy thing to hack the Emmys. I, I, and, and he set it up as well that... Not only is he telling his guests how to hack the Emmys and make him win, but if he fails, 
to win, then he can say that the Emmys were hacked. Yeah. It's genius. <laughs> what so, did you, so he wins either way. To jump around again, turning the tables on you, what did you think of the Andy Kaufman, Jim Carrey documentary? I haven't watched it yet. Mm-hmm. And the reason is because we usually you watch stuff together. Uh, Talia hasn't seen Man on the Moon. Okay. So it's kind of a prerequisite, mm-hmm. as I understand. Yes. It's pretty rough. <laughs> yeah, I just think... Um, I was talking to someone about this a couple months ago, like right when it came out, just like the idea of like actors only are like into their roles, like on set all the time when it's like someone who is just like the absolute worst, yeah. like almost as if it's an excuse to just treat people like shit, but they're like, no, oh, he's an artist. And it just like a lot of the time sorry, comes sorry, off Andy like that. Andy or Jim? Jim Carrey. Right. Like just like actors, like, you know, he's here like this actor was in character the whole time on set and it's always a character who's like a piece of shit that just treats people poorly and everyone's like oh he's just acting like that because he's a, a character it's it's cool and uh like Shia LaBeouf yeah or like something like that and I just think uh Jim Carrey just acts like a piece of shit to everyone in the name of being Andy Kaufman but it just uh I think yeah, it really rough. affected him as well like probably I don't know I think I mean one of some... my one of my like rich guy goals <laughs> you know if I if I were to ever find like Dillinger's treasure or something mm-hmm. Is to own a Jim Carrey. I want to own a Jim Carrey and a James Franco. The paintings. Oh, the paintings. I was yeah. like, I want to own Jim Carrey. I was Carrey. like, what is this? If money was no option, would you still be pursuing comedy in the same way? If money was no, I think. Wait, so you're saying like I'm a, a gazillionaire? So like, yeah, yeah. Like, or more more accurately, like comedy is making whatever you do, whatever you pursue artistically, is going to make you the money that you want. Yeah. I mean, I'm doing this being broke. Yeah, I would do this if I was like, money was no option. Yeah. And do it the. I would probably go at it harder. For anyone on CITR, thanks so much for tuning in. That's the end of our time slot, but you can hear the full episode along with other podcasts on cavegoblins.com. For anyone else, stick around. We've still got lots more to talk about with Brett. Now, I just want to do a little plug for everything economics on the Cave Goblin Network. Talia Murdoch hosts this informative and engaging podcast on, you guessed it, everything economics in a relatable and easy-to-digest way. That's Everything Economics on cavegoblins.com. But back to it. Now, before the show, I asked Brett about a comedic influence to talk about today, and uh, he came back with Eric Andre. Why would you do this? Am I on trial? I'm so sorry I made you do this. I'm just I'm just referencing that, that bit that you actually... Uh, um, we'll put it on the website, but you had a good take on the classic Eric Andre meme of him shooting oh, Hannibal. Oh, yeah, the shitty people... Yeah, I'm glad that meme died. For those listening, it's just a meme of Eric Andre shooting Hannibal, and then people would like tag different things on them and stuff. It was taking a great bit and then just making it uh, shitty. What do you think of Dank Simpson memes? I don't know that. You one. don't know? If you haven't seen it, oh, you're so lucky. They're like memes where like people will take steamed hams. Like that scene, right. but they'll be like, "What if it was like sped up ten times?" Oh, but yeah, it's like yeah, different yeah. things. Like, what if Jeff Goldblum was doing it? Like. But you're taking something that's so funny and great on its own right and then just making it less. You're just letting some people from the internet take something great and bringing it down, I feel like. I think like. there's something to be said about completely deconstructing something until it doesn't mean anything anymore. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it just kind of bums me out, <laughs> to be honest. It's a dumb thing. For all the things to be bumped out right now in the world, pretty dumb thing. That's the thing I put my foot down that's on. That's the the darkest timeline right there. So uh, what, what was the question? I don't think that was a question. Was it? Oh, yeah. I said, why would you do this? Oh, pick it. okay, yeah. Uh, yeah. In reference to that the, bit, yeah. In reference yeah. to that bit, uh, I just think Eric has like found like I think for doing comedy, you always want to try and find like the perfect outlet 
for your comedy design. I think he just did it so perfectly and made something so absurd and weird. And he just made it in a way that he just doesn't have to like slow it down to explain what's going on. He just goes full tilt for it. And uh, yeah, it's just insanely funny. Yeah, and he's like not explaining himself to anyone. Mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes in comedy you're like worrying like will the audience get this how much do I have to like kind of like bring them into it until I can kind of go full weird but like he is just like from the word go just like on it and it's just himself. You got to imagine like he must be thinking that he must be worried about like do people actually like me but he still puts it out and he's got such a dedicated fan base because he has to project that. I'm mentality. sure probably he probably has like unless because he'd have he'd have to be a sociopath if, if oh 100 percent yeah but I think but like, I don't think he is I think it's in spite of having those feelings he does it and I think even that's more impressive to me yeah even like having those thoughts of like are people gonna like this are they gonna do it but then just be like fuck it so what was your uh, first impression of Eric Andre where did you see him first uh, <laughs> that was the wimpiest burp I've ever done in the history of ever uh, it it sounded like a good burp but really far away <laughs> hey. Spike it up on the cans when the episode comes out. Can you just put like a Barney Simpson burp that whole time? The classic Eric Simpsons on, oh, character of Barney Simpson. Yeah, this is a Simpsons podcast now. Yeah. Uh, my big inspiration was uh, Lisa Simpson. That's what I want to talk about now. The first time I saw him, I'm trying to remember. It was either I saw him. It was either him doing a Conan interview where he would just keep putting his shoes on the couch even though they didn't want him to do that. Or is when he did a spot on the TV show um, HBO's Funny as Hell. Do you know what that show is? No, I don't know that one. It was a show that John Doerr hosted, who was also a super funny comedian. But it was basically like like just for laughs, like how they always do like those big gala showcase shows. This was the idea that they did it in like a small club. Yep. So it, they would film it during Just for Laughs, but it'd be like in this really small or intimate uh, venue. And uh, I just remember him going on stage and he already had like his own microphone and then took the microphone from the stage and was just yelling into two microphones. And then was one of them connect. They both connected. I think so I think or maybe they accidentally gave him an extra one. But I just remember John Doerr going to grab the other one and then like getting nervous and like walking away awkwardly. <laughs> I wrote down. So I wrote down. first experience with Eric Andre? I hit a bunch of chords. So I, I thought I first saw him and get him to the Greek and had no idea who he, who he was at the time but it turns out he wasn't in that movie at all I was about all. to say who was he in get, who, wait, who did you so I don't know what I'm thinking of I think maybe it's cause like he he played a similar character in Popstar Never Stop Never Stopping oh okay yeah, as yeah, like yeah. Nick Kroll did in get him to the Greek oh I see so like those people who are just kind of the sidelines kind of doing like a quick riff or two yeah and yeah. it's like they're doing someone else's joke mm-hmm. like they got that role by being a funny up and coming comedian mm-hmm. but then weren't given any creative control to do their own bits mm-hmm. it's like you're a funny guy here's a joke yeah yeah, yeah. wait I'm besides got, that what was the first thing you saw eric in? i think his show oh, uh, yeah? i think the eric andre show because because mm-hmm. my friend showed me it uh when we were in america mm-hmm. um so we could actually like watch adult swim when it was happening mm. that sounds so great i remember with stuff like that i would have to wait forever like i remember like hearing about tim and eric probably like years before i saw it growing up that's i've got that. the opposite experience of that i used to watch tom goes to the mayor like when it was coming oh out. yeah oh, right. yeah That'd be another one I'd talk about, Tim Heidecker. Tim Heidecker? As well. Mm. I I would love to interview him, but at the same time, I'd be so scared. It seems like, yeah, Eric Andre and Tim and Eric seem like the worst people to have to like interview. Well, have you watched the uh, Hot Ones interview with Eric Andre? He's, yes. he's a pretty gracious guest. I think it's because those hot wings brought him down, though. <laughs> and Sean Evans is a really good interviewer as well. Yeah, I like those interviews a lot. But like, have you seen... What do you think? Is it like culture now or something? There's like an interview they did with Eric Hannibal and one of the writers at like a Comic Con panel thing. 
And they just like, from the word go, just like don't care about the interview and just like derail it super hard. <laughs> were, were, were the people who hosting the interview in on it? No. Because one of them kept they trying still to posted be, it. Yeah, well, I think they liked it because they got what they're doing. But like one of the hosts, she kept trying to be in on the joke and like hang with it. But they were just like eight it's steps ahead of her, so like they she just like couldn't keep up and made the interview that much better. <laughs> I think Tyler the Creator is the only one who's really like <laughs> rose to the top and just stayed on top with it. Like, yeah, because I think when he when he was interviewed by yeah yeah because I remember Eric saying like in an interview he was nervous with him because he's like this kid grew up with like odd future. Yeah. All his life. So, like, what can you do to, like, shake him? And apparently, yeah, he was just, like, super freaked out how to freak him out. Have you seen the Nodwire interview with him? With Tyler or with Eric? Tyler. I was talking to someone about it recently. I've seen, like, clips. Of, I don't know if I've seen the whole thing. It's the same kind of thing. Because, you know, Nodwire is, like, to some extent, freaking people out as yeah. well. And he does the whole just, like, asking a question, sitting in silence. Mm. <laughs> but you just can't. Like, Tyler is just immune to all of that. Yeah, I think he just, like, lives on, like, his Oh, he's like just on his own lane anyway. Like I think yeah. it just like does not phase him at all. Like I always feel like he's also like trying to like fuck with people too. So I think he's probably like can already see what you're coming at with him. Yeah, and if not, mm-hmm. he can just totally, move yeah. on to something. I think the only thing that shocked him in the Eric Andre interview is when the three eleven guy came to. But then he just seemed excited by that by the end. <laughs> and uh, it makes me think as well. Like when was it chance they had in the giant cup of in coffee? In a cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> And they just wheel him out. And I, I wonder, like, how much notice they gave him. Like, we're going to see you in a giant cup of coffee. I feel like it had to be, like, right that second. Like, 15 minutes maximum. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are some of your favorite interviews that uh, he's done? Favorite interviews? I think, well, well, the obvious one has to be the Lauren Conrad interview. Yeah. I remember, because I remember watching the first season. I remember liking it. But then I remember, like, not catching up with it. I think I maybe saw the second season as it aired, too. But I would kind of, like, forgot about it for a while. And then, like, I just remember, like, the third season interviews came out, and that's when I, like, like delved into it super hard again. I just remember seeing that interview and it, like, being, like, the craziest thing I had seen at that time. Um, the Wiz Khalifa one for just how hyped up it gets towards the end. Have you seen that one? No, I haven't, actually. It's just, like, him being weird with Wiz Khalifa, but then it just gets to a point where he makes a shitty pun about Wiz Khalifa's name, and then he just laughs super hard at his own joke and just punches the desk repeatedly for, like, ten seconds. And then he just demands that they bring his PA who's naked out and they just bring his PA who's completely naked out. Oh, that guy who's always yeah. And he just runs up to him and starts punching him in the stomach and Wiz Khalifa looks terrified. And he just like punches him a bunch and then it just ends with Eric just kicking the desk screaming, I'm on top, I'm on top. <laughs> and just Wiz Khalifa with his hands over his eyes. <laughs> I had a, a friend back in Australia worked on Nathan for you for Absolutely. Oh, like really? Building, um, the people who build the props and sets. Mm-hmm. Like they are... That's right. She worked oh, okay. on yeah. check it out actually. Nice. She was, like, being yeah, yeah. But she has some so friends awesome. that uh, worked on the Eric Andre show, and they said most of their job was just building desks. <laughs> That's amazing. And like by the end, it's just like a, a sheet of like three ply, mm-hmm. like wood, just just tacked together as lightly as they could, so it's mm-hmm. easy to break and easy to build. That's amazing, just to think about people having to build that all Yeah, day. you don't think about the, the yeah. background of that. It's like, he's coming on doing the interview, and he's just destroying the fucking set. <laughs> Must be so stressful, too, having, like, set up everything every time for, like, that opening and stuff, too. I think you'd learn to get pretty, like, detached. I'm sure at this point they probably have it down, but, like... Have you seen that one where the, where the bear comes on? <laughs> do, you, do you know what's happening behind the scenes there? What? He's shaking his head as well. It's mm-hmm. like Hannibal and, and, uh, and uh, Eric are both just terrified. Mm-hmm. 
because this bear got loose and apparently the handler is like shaking their head like it's not safe we need mm-hmm. to stop like the bear was legit coming to attack them jesus um i'll put that feel, clip up like i feel like this is just turning into us talking about eric andre but have you seen it i don't I can't remember. that's the whole point i, I, was talk- I know <laughs> Uh, I just feel like I'm just nerding. I feel like this is just be something I would talk about uh, with friends in general, but it seems to put it out as a podcast. But have you seen? I don't can't remember if it was on the show if it was like a little web thing they put out. But I just remember there was one where he's just interviewing fire. <laughs> so it's just him sitting there, and there's a couch next the couch next to him, and it's just like in flames, and it's just like a huge flame, and he's just kind of sitting there like staring at it, and you can hear people from like the crew like behind the camera be like, "Okay, Eric, it's like too much. You got to put it out now." Eric and he just kind of keeps like looking at them like dumbfounded like what like that like like playing dumb and they're like Eric no you it's getting out of control you gotta do it. Eric Eric and he just like finally like puts it up but he just lets them like tease it out like so long yeah it's he's great. committing mm-hmm. really hard I really like the uh the one where he interviews Jack Black and they just straight up actually torture him on yes. stage <laughs> and he's got like a real anxiety problem as well yeah as like famously when he was on uh Snoop's podcast. His, like, video podcast. Oh, yeah. Didn't yeah. he, like... And he's saying cantaloupe, cantaloupe. It's, like, mm-hmm. a safe word with his wife for when he starts getting really paranoid. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, apparently, I just remember hearing that, uh, I guess, with, like... Because, like, Jack Black knows the show and all that, so they're... Uh, so he was ready, like, but... Yeah, but their cue is, like, if they know the show, just go, like, ten times harder on them. Like, I think Howie Mandel was like that, too, where they just, like, piled super hard on Howie Mandel because he knew what was going on. Do you Have you seen the L. Ron Hoyabembe sketch? The which one, sorry? L. Ron Hoyabembe. Is that when they're black Scientologists? Yeah, yes. yeah. They turn the poop into wine. <laughs> yeah. I, researching that, I've been chanting that all week, turn the poop into wine. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen the one, the game they play picking up kids? No. It's, a bit, they it's like a Joey stuff. Salads bit. What? Do you want know Joey Salads? No. Oh, he's like a he's like a YouTuber, um, and he just does these like clickbait prank videos. Mm-hmm. But he's kind of self aware. Like mm-hmm. he goes on the H three podcast, you know, like H three H three, and he he's kind of a living meme. But mm-hmm. I I won't get into that. Um, but okay, uh, the bit on the Eric Andre show they did where it was just I think it was the first season they did it. So this is probably like eight years ago. But they um. It was Hannibal and Eric competing to who can pick up the most kids in a park. So like Eric, like they would go up and like Hannibal would be like, "I'm not doing this bit." Like what? And there'd be like a little score thing, and like Eric would be like, "Can I pick up your kid?" And he'd like pick up a kid, and the kid would start crying, and and it would come back to Hannibal being like, "Yeah, I'm not doing this. What are you talking about?" And it just got to a point where Eric goes up to like a family and goes, "Can I pick up your kid?" And the woman's like, "Uh, okay." And he goes and starts to pick up the kid, and the kid just starts screaming, crying, and Eric just goes. I hate this bit. I don't want to do this bit anymore. Why did we do this? I made like multiple kids cry today. It's like the only time I think I've seen Eric bail on a bit just because he kept making children <laughs> But that sort of cry. becomes the bit as well yeah. at that point. <laughs> Can you imagine the amount of bits that they actually have just not aired? I feel like that has to be like a gazillion of them. Like, yeah. Just like, yeah, like I don't know, like, I also think how, like, how much time it takes to like do a, like for like a 20 second bit, how much effort you must have to put into like get it. Like, have you seen the art gallery bit? Maybe it sounds familiar. It's a bit where like Eric, he's in an art gallery and like it's like set up like it's like an actual art gallery. So I'm assuming they set up this whole art gallery because like people are like saying they're looking at stuff and then Eric kind of like leans on a piece and it falls and he falls over and everyone's like all shocked that he broke a piece. And I think he has like a crutch with him too. And then he just starts yelling, this art hurt me. I hate art. And he just starts smashing every piece of art in that art gallery. But I just think like that was like a super amazing, but it's like a 20 second bit. But they must have had to rent out that art gallery, put all that stuff in the art gallery, promote it for people to come to this art gallery for like this 20 second bit. 
So th- this is like I'm just rambling about nonsense. Oh no no, that's good. I'm losing my mind. They're good sound bites. That's you, how we managed to get it going so long. Have you um? I keep just putting, Have you seen the one where he just robs a jewelry store? Is that one of the uh la vie? No, he it's set up where he is um, like as if he's like one of those like beach guys like doing um like a metal detector. Yeah. That's so he's right. kind of like oh, okay, and then he just like gets like tackled by security but he like just gets out of it and just runs away and you just hear you just hear him on the mic talk to his producer being like i can't go to jail again please just take all the diamonds and like go back into there i can't do this has he been to jail before he did a bit in the first season i believe where it went to like a town hall meeting in some small town and it was just people talking about like zoning or whatever like people like getting up to this like town hall meeting but then he like was dressed like a frat kid and like just bum rushed the stage and got up and just yelled Vote for me for class president, and I'll put beer in the drinking fountain and cameras in the girls' locker room, and then just started strutting off stage, and then like a bunch of police officers just like tackled him. <laughs> That's not even that heavy of a bit or anything. I think he, li- I think they asked for his name, and he gave them like a fake name as a joke, and then they started looking for him in the system, and he was kind of like, oh fuck, I didn't think they would look for me in the system, and then I think he got arrested for disrupting the peace and then lying to a police officer. <laughs> right, I didn't and then even couldn't know go into Canada crime. for like years. <laughs> couldn't go to canada mm-hmm. did that happen in canada no i think it's just because like because he is a criminal, criminal stuff yeah right we we've led up to this very organically but have you heard about this show disenchantment that sounds very familiar it's a new netflix show coming out in august where uh oh yes yeah okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah matt Groening's new show and it's basically like futurama but fantasy Man, rather this than whole sci-fi. episode's been building up to this moment <laughs> yeah i didn't even think about it i'm so dumb so it's uh abby jacobson and uh from uh, Broad City mm-hmm. and Eric Andre, and I think he's playing like a a little Bart Simpson goblin. I I think he's the little black uh, oh, creature he, thing. He's like the, the little Bill Cipher kind of thing. I think so, yeah. Because I think because the, the one clip they showed, you don't see anyone talking besides uh, John DiMaggio and Abby. But I think he's the. Also, little... John DiMaggio is the goblin. No, he's John DiMaggio is the king because they like right. showed a little clip recently, like a little teaser, like a twenty second thing. But I believe the main. I believe Abby Jacobson's the princess the little goblin guy i believe is nate faxon who's writing partners with um oh i can the dean from community i can't think of his name i should know his name he also wrote uh that really heartfelt movie with george Clooney, yes. the descendants descendants yes um uh, that guy yeah, yeah so he's that and i believe eric andre's the little black creature because he believes he's supposed to be like her demon or something right yeah What's your favorite Simpsons episode? My favorite Simpsons. What's your favorite Simpsons? I do have a favorite Simpsons episode. It's uh, Principal Skinner's badass song. Okay. Uh, And that's the one where he's fired. It is, and the reason it's my favorite is this one bit where uh, Skinner is back in the army and he's doing uh, like a training drill with some mortars, and they're all firing. And Bart comes, Bart comes onto onto where they're firing the mortars, and they and he. Tells them, fuck, I'm butchering this. But he, like, <laughs> <laughs> now you know how I feel with Eric Andre bits this whole lap. <laughs> so they, they pull the mortars out of the way so they don't hit Bart. And then it uh, cuts to Apu and his cousin. And they're like, now that we finally have these gas pumps at the Quickie Mart, we can finally compete with the gas and gulp down the road. And then it cuts back, and Skinner and Bart are just walking, talking about things. And you just see a K drop out of the sky. <laughs> like, on fire? Yeah. On fire and land next to them. And I just thought that was like... One of the best bits I've seen in The Simpsons. I think my favorite joke from that episode is when the bully steals Skinner's underpants. And Skinner's like, joke's on you. I'll buy another pair of underpants. And he looks up the change in his pocket. And he's like, nope. I really needed those. <laughs> Did you know that Eric Andre has a bachelor's degree in double bass performance? Yeah. 
from UC Berkeley. <laughs> I got real excited about that for yeah. coming up. Yeah. Uh, I guess that was his only piece of trivia I could find on IMDb. Is that the only thing he has on IMDb? Yeah, under trivia. Did you watch like any interviews with him for this? How much research do you do on the guest comedian? I guess it really depends on how much I know about them personally. Mm-hmm. I did less on Eric Andre because I'm already a fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I've I've seen the Hot Ones interview mm-hmm. already, and yeah, I guess just know a bit about the show. Yeah, anyway. yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, we were able to riff off it quite a bit. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we killed. I just realized I haven't seen. Uh, what is it? Man seeking women. So I was worried questions about that would pop up. I don't even know what that is. So it was an FXX show he was on for like three seasons recently. I did write down that he was in Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment 23 and I Two Broke Girls. I seeing that show when it first aired. I cannot tell you a single thing about that show. <laughs> Besides that, I remember Eric Andre being on it when he popped what, up. One of my friends watched it just because he likes to look at Christian Ritter. Really? Yeah, and it's like, dude, just look at a picture. That's like, so you don't, weird. He used to watch uh, Two and a Half Men. I'm not going to say his name. He used to watch Two and a Half Men. It's Charlie Sheen. <laughs> because, no, because he liked all the girls that were in it. It's like this the is a, your friend of twelve. Is, hey, wait, free. is your friend a twelve-year-old boy? <laughs> Seems so bizarre. He was once, but he's twenty-eight now. <laughs> no, he has never been to Canada. It was Ronald Dario, uh, recent recent guest. No, no, yeah, it's oh, an Australian. So if you hear an Australian accent on here, maybe Maddie Vu watching Two and a Half Men for tits. <laughs> Maddie Vu is in Two and a Half Men for tits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He was that what? kid who went off the rails. <laughs> Who's super he, religious. Yeah, he was He's the, Brett Skillen. He wrote that poem. Yeah, right. He's the I'm ha- making connections he, here. Matt Evo was the half man, and the other two are Malcolm. <laughs> He's got Malcolm and Evan. You got two men? Well, I figure they burned you at the end of the other episode. Maybe we can get them back yeah, a little bit. Yeah, fuck them. What are you... We're talking about Pete Holmes. <laughs> fuck you. Oh, Pete Holmes, Pete Holmes. Fuck Brett Skillen. <laughs> yeah. What are you working on right now? Oh man, I'm I'm talking about Eric Andre. We're starting the Simpsons podcast. Why not? That's <laughs> I would. <laughs> what our angle be? Uh, we I, only talk about seasons nine onwards. I wanted to do a podcast for the longest. I remember like years ago. I was like, I want to do like because there's so many bad movie podcasts. I wanted to do a podcast where you would talk about bad episodes of the Simpsons, and then that episode that podcast like existed like two weeks after I thought of it, and I was so pissed off. Have you, have you seen that uh, that toy making the rounds that is, dude, we should start a podcast together is the, uh, our generation's version of, dude, we should totally start, start a bar. A band. Or start a band, yeah. It's exactly the same. I see so many things that are personal call-outs, like on Reductress. Amazing, this man doesn't have a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, recent uh, ex-writer, Allianne Whistle. Over yeah. For that. And future guest, can I announce that? Or is that bad? You can Wait, she wrote that article? Not that article, but she's written for Reductress, I know. And uh, Raquel as well mm-hmm. writes for Reductress. And I think about it, I think Raquel mentioned that that she wrote for it too, so I have no new information. You ever see the Vancouver Glass? The Vancouver Glass? It's like Onion, but Vancouver-based. I interviewed the guy who, who made that for Discorder, uh-huh. but uh, he wouldn't give me his real name or anything. So, really? Yeah. I think he's like worried about it impacting. I is actually it got involved- in contact with him because I contacted him and said, I want to write for your paper. Mm-hmm. Is it any connection with shit Harper said or shit Harper did? I don't know, but this okay. guy says he's a stand-up and he's like practicing bits, so it could be someone you know. I'll s- 
say you don't okay yeah you don't know their name i was about to ask i, I was about to mouth their name but i really name have was like it was like brian or andrew or okay or neither it's so weird that they are so secretive about a vancouver parody site <laughs> maybe they work for the government or something so who's who's a vancouver it's me it's me who works <laughs> i'm writing the, it works for the government in some kind of icbc icbc kind maddie of, vu it's yeah. gotta be the vooster yeah Anyway, so is there anything you'd uh, like to plug? Uh, let's keep the show going. How much time are we at? <laughs> let's keep going. So you're going to announce it? I am going to edit this as well, though. No, no, you're going gonna... to add length to it, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm going to be pulling Simpsons clips. Oh, and... my God. Okay, so uh, what, do I, what do I got coming? Oh, man, I got a bunch of stuff coming up. Follow me on Twitter. Oh, you didn't go into my tweets. Thank you. <laughs> I didn't know what I tweeted I did, when I was in like, high school. For those of you at home, for some reason, Brad has gone bare midriff with his uh, <laughs> t-shirt. I want to see combo. if you mention anything. Right. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Brett F. Skillen, I think, is my name. Uh, yeah, and I just do shows all around town. And what are we at time-wise? We're still stretching. I'm getting a lot of stretch symbols over in the tech. Talia's giving me a lot of, like, stretch it out. Yeah, she wants like, me to stretch it make out. Make it as long as possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very... I, I think we should end it, like, 20 minutes ago, but she really wants us to keep going, so I don't know. Uh, follow me on Twitter. I do shows around town. Little Mountain Gallery. I do a lot of shows there. Uh, Little Mountain Gallery should really be paying me at this point. Oh, is everyone promoting? I guess so, yeah. Everyone yeah. Is I, I, that's kind of on me, because that's the only circle of comedians that I know. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> hey, there's... A lot of great people. It's like a great uh, build-up right there. Yeah, yeah. It is good. I suppose we're talking to Mark Hughes next week. Okay, cool. He's He's great. He's completely outside of that circle. Very outside of that circle, yeah. I could be shocking. (laughs) Do you want me to be shocking? Is he a bit of a shock jock? I haven't Uh, started my research on him yet. It's too much to start that far ahead. (laughs) That was shocking. (laughs) Are we starting a morning zoo show right here? Maybe. I don't know what's happening. You guys like Cards Against Humanity? (laughs) Oh, my God. I very specifically hate that game. I, Do any improvisers like that game? Because I, I feel like think, it is it is just like a big damper on creativity. I don't think anyone who likes comedy, who does comedy likes Cards Against Humanity. Do you know what's even worse? Deadpool. <laughs> I, saw, I saw your take on that. That tweet, actually. Um, I think that's the that most was, accurate tweet I've ever written about it. Do you, do you remember it? Because I don't have it in front of me. It was something like, I think, the comic book character Deadpool... Fuck! What was it? It Stall was for time. It, I mean, can I try and try and uh, remember it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna bring it up. Stall, okay. Stretch it out. Okay. He's <laughs> yeah. giving you the stretch sign. Yeah. What other podcasts are on the network? You know what I mean? It's like it's, it's oh, everything crazy economics. Uh, and Streamlabs uh, Live, which uh, I actually recorded uh, live today. I feel like Deadpool is created to appeal to guys who take an improv class and get kicked out for groping a female classmate during a scene. <laughs> I did enjoy that movie, but I I, I agree with you. Yeah, I did. But I which like, Deadpool or De- have you seen both of them? I have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, a lot of people in my work are into like Marvel movies, and I went with them as well. I work with developers, so oh, okay, yeah, cool. nice. you know, developers, Marvel movies. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. But you speaking like Deadpool of Deadpool two more than Deadpool one, I didn't. You didn't? No. Yeah, I don't know. I still I'm not into that in your face attitude. I guess. Yeah, <laughs> it's Deadpool. like I, I mean I get what they're doing, but. It, it, it it's in a way it's like Eric Andre for normies, I think right? Kind of, yeah. It's like, and also just I think maybe the meta ness I think is just kind of like meh. I think meta is almost maybe yeah. like maybe 
can be lazy a lot of times. And I think maybe they kind of use it for a lazy purpose. They did stand Ryan on it Ryan Reynolds, too much. please put me in your next movie. <laughs> Have you met him? No, I've never met him. And Ryan he Reynolds. lives here. Does he? I think I know he comes here a lot, but I don't know. If so he is he a poser with the Twitter handle Van City Reynolds? Because I know he grew up here. I think he was born here. Maybe he lives in uh, Hollywood South. Oh man, yeah. I'm gonna find him, Ryan Reynolds. I'm going to find you. <laughs> Vancouver's not Hollywood North. It's Hollywood now, and he lives in Hollywood South. <laughs> I'll go to Hollywood. I'll find you. You know what's the only thing worse than Cards Against Humanity is uh, what do you meme? What do you meme? Is that like you take memes and then you like fuck? Get this. <laughs> So the dealer gets draws a meme, as in draws it from a deck, not draws it with their creativity. And and uh, anyway, and it'll just be a meme, like a, just a picture of Bad Luck Brian. Mm-hmm. And then everyone has the Cards Against Humanity cards kind of thing. And they put what the caption would be on that meme. But what it always devolves <coughs> into is people saying... Just picking whatever they think is the funniest text that has nothing to do with the fucking picture. Yeah, Cards Against Humanity is I, I for think people... memes can be funny sometimes. I just don't like it when they take things from uh, things that are already comedic. Yeah. I'll say that. Yeah. Is this a butter of a pigeon or whatever? That's a great... I love that meme. Oh, that is a good meme. <laughs> that <laughs> anime one. I, just in case big meme comes after I me. See. I like memes. Yeah. I think it's more like with memes against humanity. What do you mean? What do you mean? Memes what do you humanity. mean? People don't understand the meme yeah yeah i'm personally calling out the people i play with at work who do not listen to this podcast so if you're listening now thanks for supporting me and fuck you for being terrible at that game amen uh so yeah i'm on twitter follow me on instagram at brett sounds my name should probably be the same on instagram you're brett sounds yeah baby you make music as well no, I wanted to name something Brett Sounds and then so on. There is already a Brett Sounds that makes music. I know there's a Twitter, I believe there's a Brett Sounds. And it's a picture of a guy on a surfboard. Or something, I yeah, and they haven't been like posted like in years or something. Yeah. But I remember, yeah, I was so hyped that, I was going to say I thought of it. A friend of mine came up with Brett Sounds, but I was like, this is, yeah, it's not me. I wish it was me, though. <laughs> but yeah, follow me on be. Instagram, follow Brett Sounds, follow the Christian poetry guy, Brett Skillen. Hit up Brett on Patreon. Uh, Friend me on Facebook. I'm starting a Patreon. If you follow me, if you donate to my Patreon, I'll give you the exact dates of when I'm performing around town. That's my Patreon. If you donate, I'll let you know where I'm at. You don't even have to go. As long as you pay me, I will tell you that. And then if you like, you can pay again at the door and watch the show. Yeah, why not? Do that. I'll be at uh, Full Pint next week sometimes, but if you want to know exactly when I'll be at Full Pint. uh, Is that a real plug? You're at Full Pint next week? If you donate to my Patreon, you'll find out. All right, so that was Brett Skillen talking about Eric Andre. Join me next week when I talk to Mark Hughes about Dave Attell. Thanks for listening, everybody. Be sure to follow us on all social media at Cave Goblins and check out what we're doing over on cavegoblins.com. We've got a Reddit community and a Discord server you can find through our website, but I'm pretty sure I'm the only user on both of those. So hop on over there and uh, keep me company. You can find this podcast on Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, and everywhere you listen. We're also on Facebook and Twitter at Comedy Zeitgeist. See you next time.